Off Podcast. This is episode 32, and this week we got some news. PlayStation saying that all current PlayStation 4 games certified after July must play on PS5. What does that mean for game developers and the current console generation? We also got our weekly fireside chat coming up, and then we got our special showcase of the week. We got two great games, Streets of Rage 4 and Minecraft Dungeons. I'm your co-host Brent, a.k.a. Arcadia, along with... Uh, Andrew, a.k.a. me, Solid yeah. Talker. Yeah, that's the guy right there. That's that's me. I'm the one I'm, that's talking. I'm pointing at him. You better look. I'm, All right. Hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, well, so straight into the news. Andrew. Uh-huh. Sony has announced that... Every PlayStation 4 game to be certified after July 13th of this year must also play on PS5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mandatory. No exceptions. As far as I know, or that they've announced. How do you feel about game developers this close? It's, it's June right now. This article came out two days ago on May 29th from Eurogamer. I How wonder, do you think this is going to affect game developers? I wonder if this is... Maybe I'm reading into it too much. Sony's looking at it and thinking, well, shit, we don't really actually have all that many games that are PS5 certified and compatible right now. And we're supposed to be releasing a new console soon. Uh, let's make everyone else make our games. Like, it has that feeling of, like, a... Because we had that problem at the beginning of the... of. Um, the current generation where everyone mm-hmm. was kind of holding off to see what happened with the new generation. And so we get a lot of remasters and a lot of releases. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're, testbed stuff. they're hoping to like avoid that and avoid another, Hey, the best game we've got out right now is knack. Um, yeah. And say, like, well, no, you, you have to, you, we're not going to let you and you have to Nack's do it. Ready. You have to play our game. You have to do it this way. <laughs> uh, otherwise you can't sell I'm also wondering how much that really means. Like, if I'm making Alien Hominid 2, what does that mean for me to be PS5 compatible? Right. Yeah, Yeah. it seems like they're really confident in, like, their systems ar- architecture and that it must be nearly identical to the PS4s because otherwise, like, porting a game's not easy. I, I, don't, I don't know how you can expect a developer to, like, build their game and then rebuild it on an entire new architecture with this little notice. Um, so it, it, it does scream sort of confidence. Um, but my other thought was that like, maybe they're trying to strong arm CD project red into getting cyberpunk on their platform ASAP. <laughs> that was just a weird cynical thought I, I had recently because they, uh, CD project red is basically like, yeah, we'll get it on the new consoles. Eventually it's, it's coming to current gen. It's coming in September and that's, that's where you're going to have to play it until we get around to porting it. Yeah. It, it's so just, you think they just desperately don't want to have any, anyone, they don't want anyone to have any reason to not buy a PS five. Yeah. I think that's, Sort of like that's definitely the cynical out- outlook, but there's not really many not cynical outlooks when you put mandates like that out. Like, yeah, you, you probably are saying, like, we've sold so many platforms. Well, like, how do we get people moving to the next? Like, the PlayStation 5 4 is one of the best selling consoles ever. Like, it's, it didn't sell as well as the Wii, obviously, but like, God, I don't even have the fucking sales numbers. But yeah, how do you how do you get that many people rapidly moving to a new console? You say that all of the games that they want are also on this new console, and it's going to look infinitely better. Every single one of them. They can't say that every game is going to be backwards compatible. They said something like uh, a thousand games are going to be. That's that's a good amount. Like it's probably yeah, going to be all their amount. first party games. I'm looking forward to finally getting around to Spider Man on, on the new console. That's one of the ones that they demoed early. And it looked pretty pretty ludicrous, um, but yeah, they they've sort of they're almost in a corner right now because their backwards compatible programs not as robust as the Xboxes, which they've said is entirely forward compatible. So the yeah, that X- was a bold Xbox, claim. 
Yeah, that uh, I think they said something like four thousand like backwards compatible games are going to launch on Series X, which I think is the entire library. I'm not sure. Um, that that it include the Xbox One and the 360. Um, so yeah, I I think just just pure numbers wise, PlayStation doesn't want to find themselves in a hole like losing the narrative early on in this console generation. They're they're so far in the lead number numbers wise, like. They just like they'd rather strong arm devs than strong arm the common consumers. I wonder what this, what you could read into or extrapolate from this, on the general business model of consoles. Like, this is a whole thing that they're having to do now, because they've decided that this is when they draw their line in the sand and this is the new one, and they now need everyone else to obey that line in the sand and push everyone to the new one. Yeah. And my thought is that, like, so CD Projekt Red seem like they're happy with the way that the game is going to look like on the PS4 and the Xbox One. They seem to be pleased with that, the way that that game is coming out. I've yeah. not seen them complain or say that it, it couldn't possibly live up to the standards that they're holding themselves to. Yeah. So we're kind of, well, no, but you have to do it this way. We need you to be, whether you want to go into the, we're going to, you know, they're going to drag us kicking and screaming into the next generation of consoles. Right. Yeah, to no benefit on these developers' parts, because just because it's certified in both consoles doesn't mean it's going to be optimized or like well worked on. Because those are two completely different consoles. Like one, uh, not least of which, like you're going to have an SSD on the new consoles, so it's going to just run and load a thousand times more quickly. I, it, it just seems weird for them to just be like, yeah, like it's just ticking a box, like. No problem. Don't worry about it. You know, it, it says something to me as well. As like, it, shouldn't your developers already want to do this? Like, what is it about the PS5 that if it's so easy and it's going to be this thing that sells gangbusters, wouldn't your developers all be stupid if they didn't want to do this? So what, yeah. what am I to read into this? Yeah, Why don't they already want to do this? <laughs> Yeah, what, what's the downside for them to do it? Why do you need to draw this line in the sand this early? Three months before the council, four months before the council is even supposedly going to debut. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole thing the whole thing confuses me. And again, I'm still not really 100% sure, like, what this means for all of the indie games that come out. Or the, yeah. like, something like a, a double-A game, like Hellblade. If it means anything more than ticking a box and being like, yeah, just just put it on the PS5 store as well, then it's like just egregious strong arming of these devs that shouldn't exist. But if it is that easy, then then great. Like it's a little bit gross saying that like our platform's not open enough where you can do whatever you want. Like you have to abide by these certain, you know, constitutions, but like hopefully at the very least after them saying this it's just the simplest possible fucking process for them to get all these indie devs onto this new platform that would be nice i i hope that it's something that's easy anything that makes it easier for indie devs and you know double a studios to put together games and get them out there is is awesome and if playstation 5 yeah. is giving them the tools to do that and it's an easy port to just expand their potential marketplace I'm still not yeah. I'm still not sure like and I haven't I don't know if I've seen anyone talking about this yet but the the transferability of digital stuff that I already own on PS4 or Xbox to the next generation Well so I I don't know how it's going to work with PlayStation I don't think they've announced yet um at their soon coming soon state of play maybe they'll talk about it more um on Xbox they they'll have a certain program called Smart Delivery which is like, you know, buy once, you get it on, you know, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and also maybe PC if, like, if it's a UWP, which most games aren't. Um, but that won't be backwards applied to games as far as I know, so that'll only be new games coming out. So I think PlayStation 4 will be relying on the, the backwards compatibility for stuff like that. Okay, yeah. I guess that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely all for progress. Like, I can I I'll be grateful in four years that we make this like strong giant leap into the future, and everyone's just 
developing for the new consoles and building with the hardware that's out there because all the games will be quick and beautiful and yada 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 but like in the present it just is like like how how does a qa team handle this this new console that they may not have dev kits for like they don't even have like the testing equipment to test on but they have to certify their games across multiple platforms like it it feels like these certifications are just going to be like what's the bare minimum we need to do to say that we're compatible? Okay, just do that. At which point, being certified for PlayStation 5 means nothing. Yeah, then you're just Steam on console, which some people might like. Well, I mean, I've I've seen some of the stuff that that PlayStation puts out in their store. It's pretty (laughs) Steam-like. Is uh, Honey Pop on PlayStation yet? You know, I don't know. I don't know if they are. Right now, right now. But yeah, yeah, I think we've uh, beat that topic with a hammer. Any uh, final thoughts? I'm, I'm not going to buy a PlayStation Five either way, so <laughs> it's, uh, it doesn't. It's six to one for me, but yeah, it, it'll definitely be the second console I buy. But I, I always end up buying all the consoles. It'll be more of just like I can't buy two on the same day because I'm not a billionaire, so one's got to <laughs> wait. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll see how it works. Um, I haven't heard too many game devs speak out against it, honestly. So like, it's possible we're reading too much into it. But uh, a surface value, yeah, feels kind of suspect, gross. But, you know, it remains to be seen. It all, all right. seems gross. <laughs> You're gross. Sorry. I'm sorry. You're very handsome. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Andy. Hey, what's up? I got a question for you. Oh, do you now? Is that, was that an Irish accent? That's not you know, the question. It, it came out that, that way. It was not what I was intended for <laughs> oh, at all. Oh, do you now, laddie? <laughs> oh, temper oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, God. Oh, we're not winning any awards. No, no, no. We, we just got banned from the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. What, what are your expectations for uh, the E3 season this year? You know, I'm excited. And I'll tell you why for, because that's how conversation works. I'm really excited at the idea that this is going to create a lot of smaller showcases for smaller games. Hmm. There was already that um, wholesome direct last week, which did you see that at all? I did not. I long story short, I didn't, but go on. (laughs) (laughs) That is a short story. Um, needs a little work in the third act, but you had me through. Uh, I, I was going to go on to the most boring story in the history of stories, and I realized it just in time, where I didn't you know, start I, it. I dropped my phone, and then I lost a piece of it, but then I found it some kind of way. And <laughs> All right, I'm telling the most boring story in the history of stories now, because I'm in that spot. I'm in this position. I, yeah. sa- I, I, I pl- press the, the save later button on YouTube because I always think it's going to do something, and it never <laughs> does. It doesn't remind me later. It just goes into this random playlist that I'm never going to watch, and I don't see for fucking three years. And then I'm like, oh, I did want to watch that video like four years ago before that game came out. So that's just what happened. I hit save later, and then I completely forgot about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it was an interesting watch. What I liked about it was how many of those games were games that were, you know, these very small team games that weren't going to get a lot of press. They weren't going to get any real exposure, for you know, other than what they could drum up themselves on social media, which some of them do a very good job of. But to have something like that pop up, and now this is something that, you know, you've got 20, I think it was like 20 games, 15 games in an hour-long Nintendo Direct style video that got a lot, got a lot of eyes on it, and I saw a lot hmm. of games that I w- I'm interested in that I would never have seen otherwise, and so the idea that those kind of things are cropping up, I think, was it Paradox and a couple other publishers, um, all, are all doing like a small show together as well. Oh, Rebellion, I think it's Paradox, Rebellion, and a couple others. They're doing their oh, own cool. small show. Like those kind of things cropping up, I think is better for everyone. Yeah. Because it it allows for all of all, allows for eyes to get on things. It allows for people to spend more time looking at a specific game without having that irritating like PC game showcase where you have to work in time for the developer to sit down on the couch and chat for ten minutes afterwards. Yeah. Where like all I really want is just to watch the gameplay trailer. Yep. 
just for most of these games, I don't need to see an interview. I don't, you know, it's like, um, it's like recipe blogs. 99% of the time, I don't need to know the story behind oh the recipe. God. I just need to know what you yes. did to make that tartar sauce. What was your secret ingredient? Yeah, why isn't that at the top? <laughs> just what are the ingredients to this? <laughs> just what is the game? I don't need you to front end it with the story of how <laughs> the game was made and who all the people, like, it's great that all those people are there. And yeah. I, and I want to support them by giving them money for the game that I want you to, I'm asking you to advertise to me right now. I'm literally <laughs> begging for ads. Just show them to me, please. <laughs> Why won't you show me ads? So no. I, I would love for those things to go up. And then at the same time, the hot garbage that was like Bethesda's conference last year. So just go oh, away. Don't, don't do a conference. You're just embarrassing yourself. Like, <laughs> you didn't have enough to justify a conference. So just don't do one. And yeah, so theirs I'm, last year was just Doom Eternal, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, no, they had they made that joke about how they about Fallout seventy six and then announced a battle royale mode, which everyone wanted and loved. Um, Did that come out? I don't know if that's actually how. You, I know they added that at the wasteland explore whatever the one that added NPCs. <laughs> you know that that Hooray. that NPC DLC that you always hear about games having. <laughs> Thank God, some life in the world. <laughs> we added other characters. We figured you might want them. I don't know. Two years I later, you were lonely. I, I I like it. I like breaking it up. I like you know um, decentralizing it because it allows for more voices, and I think it'll allow for better exposure, and it will get rid of some of the cynicism that comes from those gigantic stages. And yeah, you yeah. lose some of the fun moments that you'd get from those big stages and the developers who are kind of quirky or cute or nervous introducing their games that were always fun to see. Yeah. Yeah, Keanu Reeves on a uh, on Skype isn't gonna have the same impact of him as him like running out on stage and you know blowing kisses to the audience. Yes, or that um, I think it was that's it might have been that same conference with that absolutely adorable, very excited developer on stage talking about her game that she was working on. I can't remember the game or her name right now because it's like a year ago. Oh, I think that was Bethesda. That was the uh, the. Was it, was it the Xbox showcase? No, that was Bethesda's. You're, you're thinking of the, the Tokyo one? Oh, yeah. Tokyo, Tokyo Ghost. Ghost or something like that? To yeah, Tokyo Ghouls. Something like that. Um, I know what you're talking about. I'm sure yeah. most of the people listening do, too. Yeah, if you watched E3 last year, you remember her, and she was just so full of life and sure. energy and so excited about her game. It was great. Yeah. Uh, Nakamura, so, I think her name was. Yes, that sounds right. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm excited for all of that, and I don't... You know, I, I, I never went to E3. I never experienced it myself, so I only know it through the lens of the internet. So my opinion is obviously going to be shifted that way, but I don't... I think that we're going to lose... The things that we lose are worth losing for the things that we're going to gain and for allowing it to just be a general season yeah. rather than a week. How about you? I think I agree for the most part. I think we're sort of heading in this direction anyway, and uh, this, this whole pandemic is sort of just solidified the place that those smaller showcases have in those directs because you were seeing like the the devolver one every year you were seeing a few other ones pop up like last year i think kind of funny had an in indie showcase that went over really well and a lot and this is all at this at the same time as people starting to peel away from e3 because of all the data breaches and all the you know weird handling of the entire event anyway and like it becoming more of a consumer facing thing and then consumers realizing that they don't get like invites to the E3 pressings, which is like <laughs> half of what they enjoy about it. And the, the actual press conference, not, or the, the actual event being a bit weird because you're waiting in line forever because it's a press event first and foremost and an industry event. And then consumers came second. So there there's, it, we're sort of what we've been watching the downfall of E3 for a few years anyway. So I think that's just going to get escalated tenfold with this pandemic. Um, so yeah, my, my expectations this season, it's going to be, we're going to see the future of E3. We're going to see what we're going to see next year and what we're going to see in the years after and whatever comes back for a proper, you know, E3 Con conference if 
industry event is going to look very different, probably a lot small. Well, maybe not a lot smaller, but a lot different. Because um, the games industry is still getting bigger every single day. And, like, it's one of the strongest industries now during this pandemic. So it's it's be kind of foolish to say that E3 is just going to be, like, three companies in a fucking shanty on, like, <laughs> Van Nuys Boulevard in downtown L.A. or some shit. Like, it, it'll probably still exist just in a very, very different form. And there really aren't, in L.A., there's not many consumer gaming events anyway like maybe it just becomes packs and it doesn't make as much money but it still exists and people still love it that's fine but yeah we're seeing this rapid transformation of like the the june premiere season like e3 the word might there the phrase the two characters might mean absolutely nothing in 10 years it might just be like it's that season is that that started a while ago like the like the assassin's creed games were always getting premiered like early as fuck in the year like march so that sort of always to me kicked off the the game premiere season and then like even a couple years ago we were starting to see a lot of games just having their own small events before e3 and then e3 was just like you know the time that they showed gameplay and people could actually play it so yeah i i think for most people at home right now it's not going to be that much different it's just going to be you're you're watching different twitch channels or whatever showing the streams of all these different game premieres but you know the industry is just as strong as ever development might be a bit slower so i think i think it'll still be a good healthy season but it'll be it'll seem a little slower because of the slow trickle of information it won't be those three hype days that you get (laughs) that that i'll miss yeah those three days but you know especially just like going nuts with new info for those three days would was a lot of fun if it was a bit much to take in. Yeah, I, I did yeah, see I... Um, Devolver Digital is putting on a podcast now. And oh, really? Yeah, it's it's interesting to listen to. I'd recommend it. Uh, but one of the things they talked about, which is a perspective I never would have thought of, was that you know the the conventions and the you know, stuff like E three is actually one of the only times that the developers get to meet people, because the, you know for like Devolver, the developers of these small games are there at the Devo- the Devolver booth and they're yeah, meeting people in the true. industry and they're meeting they're meeting gaming press and they're meeting other people and watching these people playing demo builds of their games. Yeah. And that that's a, you know a very different and informative experience for them. So on that point you know that that is kind of a shame losing something like that for yes. them. Obviously they're a very small percentage of the population and I wouldn't recommend that we like subsidize E3 to pay for it for them but <laughs> it was just a, no, a take i hadn't heard, i hadn't thought of that's actually a really good point too because so when i went to e3 it was the year before uh sea of thieves came out mm-hmm. and when i was there like i like i was familiar with the industry but i didn't know like the the heads of the dev studios and stuff and we waited in line for a while to play sea of thieves and the guy that led us over to the games just like just seemed like really excited about the game and all the people that were there were really excited about the game. And like I was I watched like uh just some random video later about Sea of Thieves and it was like, oh yeah, the lead lead uh lead game designer here is like Craig Duncan, he's coming out. And I was like, that was the guy that led us over to the booths <laughs> to play the fucking game. Like they're like th- these game devs are really down in it. And like I'd also gone to like PAX East and it, it seemed a bit more like I don't want to say corporate, but it's like it felt more disconnected. Maybe it's just because Boston's not a huge dev town. And so there's not a huge draw for these devs to come out and do all this stuff. But I, I was playing all these different games and it was always just these like like guys and girls that were like basically salespeople. They weren't the actual game devs. So like that's a special experience on both sides. It's like, wow, I'm right. like at E3, I'm get, really getting to like hang out with these game devs and see like how excited they are for you to play this game. Cause the salesman is just going to be like reading through their lines, like get you in and out. Hope you had a good time. Like here's your, here's your fucking trinket. Goodbye. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully something like that does still exist in the future. Yeah. If not E3 in some form. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that the concept is there. I think it's just, it itself needs to be, you know, it, it needs to kind of go the way of the Phoenix and just die and be reborn as something better 
Yeah. Because there's too much baggage there, and it needs to be something that's not just the Microsoft showcase, the show, the Sony showcase. Yeah. The Nintendo, you know, it, yeah. Ne- it needs to evolve into a greater thing that kind of embraces the larger gaming community as a whole. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it, iterating too slowly. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that was the fireside chat. Yeah, that was a good one. Showcase time? Yeah, let's do it. Streets of Rage 4. Yeah. That's new. Streets of Rage 4 is new. Um, it is the latest in the aptly titled Streets of Rage series, which started with Streets of Rage and then was followed by Streets of Rage 2, which was followed by Streets of Rage 3 and now Streets of Rage 4, as it normally goes. It's a side-scrolling brawler, and it's done very much in that 16-bit style. Uh, and it started off in the Sega Genesis, and it's, you know, the, the fourth game, Streets of Rage 4, is done a very good job of taking that same feel and that aesthetic while still looking like a modern game as far as like you know just higher res graphics not blocky 16-bit graphics but all of the the movement and play feels like a genesis 16-bit brawler or beat-em-up i don't actually know what the difference between a brawler and a beat-em-up is because i'm you know a gaming scrub and i don't play games but i i think there's a difference is a brawler like arkham asylum yeah, I was gonna say that. Am I using? The I might word say the here? inverse. I would say that that's maybe a. No, I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> I, you know, what? I'm gonna try and stick to call. There it. maybe I, is a difference. I kept going back and forth in my head as to which one I should use. I'm gonna keep calling it a beat 'em up because that's why, in my mind, games like Streets of Rage and Final Fight and River City Ransom are games where you beat people up, so they're beat 'em ups. Yeah. Okay, I'm down with that. Okay. That's the term I'm going to use going forward. I apologize if that's not correct. <laughs> uh, but it it is a it's a it's exactly what you'd imagine if you think of that a continuation of that style of beat 'em up. You pick up one of many characters. You take them through these side-scrolling bits of a city. You punch and kick and jump punch and jump kick and grab and throw your way to the end where you fight a big boss and then you unlock the next part of the story where you do that all again. You can pick up uh, stuff around you, like whole chickens that you can eat to get health, or apples, like you normally mm. find in mailboxes in the inner city. People just keeping <laughs> their whole chickens in there. <laughs> you can also find weapons, you know, swords, knives, boomerangs, bricks. I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there wasn't bricks. A bunch of different weapons that you can hit people with or throw at them, which is always really fun. That's the general gameplay. That's kind of what it is. You go around, you, you're doing punches and kicks to guys, and then they all have their names, the little health bar appears, the health goes down, and then they die. Okay. Uh, that does sound like a Streets of Rage game. Yeah, it, it's... I wouldn't say that it's really done all that much to elevate. Like, it's not taken Streets of Rage and exploded the formula out into this amazing new thing. <laughs> it's kind of gone more like the Sonic Mania route, but without sticking strictly to the graphical style. Yeah. So I guess almost like what they tried to do just with Sonic the Hedgehog 4, if you remember that one, back in like 2009 or 2010. Yeah, episode 1 and 2, and then that was it. Yeah, it's like they did that, but they did it correctly. Um, <laughs> instead of okay. doing it garbage. <laughs> Sorry. I, no, just did, I, I didn't like that one. Um, but yeah, it's more Son- it's more like Sonic Mania in that it is fun and fresh and it has a lot of it feels like it has a lot of new energy and new stuff to do but it's it is just the same format it's just more streets of rage so is is this have you played all of the streets of rage games i have i beat one two and no i never beat three so i've beaten one and two and i've played all i've played one two three and four okay so my question is like how how does it iterate on the formula? Does it feel like like how I, I guess expanding uh, on what you were just saying, like how how does it iterate on that formula without making it completely unrecognizable? I mean it it doesn't hugely iterate on it. <laughs> I, to to say like the gameplay is basically Streets of Rage. It's mm. it's fighting, it's punching, it's kicking, it's grabbing. Um, you've got your characters that all have slightly different play styles and abilities. I usually played as Cherry because she was young and had cool hair and a guitar. 
Oh, and fresh. yeah, so she seems pretty fucking awesome. Like the only thing that only thing that could have beaten her was if there was someone on roller skates. That would have been, <laughs> or like like Bart Simpson in the Simpsons fighting game where he's on the skateboard. But you know she she was she was awesome and really fun. But it's mostly just better graphics, better sound, better um, visuals. It feels a little smoother because you're on higher fidelity. So you know it, it, I felt like I could better understand. You always have that problem in in beat 'em ups where they kind of live or die based on how well you how deep you can. I'm trying to think how to explain it. There's that vertical plane that you have to tell how high up you're on to kind of make sure that you're yeah. the same height on that vertical plane as the person you're trying to punch. Yeah, like s- semi isometric. Yeah, how how deep into the how far away from the yeah. screen you are essentially, like on the road. Yeah, and I can think of games where I had trouble with that. Like I, I was never good at that in um in the Golden Axe games as much as yeah this this the, one... the perspective doesn't change in those games it's just like you should be getting smaller but you're not you're just sort of moving up yeah yes exactly because you're just kind of like moving along that weird plane and I did not have as much trouble lining up as I had with games in the past that could be cool just because it's you know I'm now. 20 years better at games than I was the first time I played a Streets of Rage game. Oh. <laughs> but, but maybe say not. That, but I bet if you booted up Golden Axe, it'd still feel kind of wonky. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably... I'd probably still be pretty garbage at, at that. Um, oh, for sure. Me too. I, I don't think the previous Streets of Rage games had such different play styles as this one did as far as like what each person could do. Like Cherry, one of the things I like about Cherry is that she can dash forward. And she's the only one that can dash forward. And I don't think that the previous Streets of Rage games had such different, um, like, where each one felt so different from the others. Okay. That's kind of cool, then. How how many characters are there? Five to start with, and there are a bunch of unlockable ones, including some from previous games. Like, you have okay. Axel in the, in the like from in the Red Girl, whose name I never remember. I think her Red name girl. might be, I think it's Blaze. I think it's Blaze. It sounds like a red girl's name. Yeah, but she she's you know if you've seen Streets of if you ever played Streets of Rage, she's the one in red. Axel is the one with the baseball cap and the big man arms. Um So you've got them. I think it's five to start, and I think there's maybe up to eight with unlockables. I have not unlocked all of them. Okay. I've only unlocked one. Are are the do the unlockables have their own unique like skill sets as well, or are they just reskins? I believe they are all they're all unique. Cool. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, hmm. it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's not a lot. I mean, unfortunately, it's not like it's this. It's not anything that's going to change the world of gaming. It's not anything that's going to blow the world apart or, no. or make you run out and tell everyone. But I I could not stop smiling as I was playing it because it just <laughs> felt. It took me back to being 12, 13 years old, sitting in my cousin Paul's bedroom playing Streets of Rage on his Genesis. Like yeah. it just had that kind of feel of like this is silly and over the top in that '90s way. Yeah, <laughs> where just it's all the the excessively dirty streets and criminality. Yeah, everything was just turned up to a thousand. The, all of the yeah. thugs are in bright neon. There's <laughs> this one type of thug that just that just kicks and like knees you in the face, and it's so like if you think about it now, the idea that there's an enemy that only kicks and knees you is so silly and stupid. <laughs> but that's something that was just allowed in games in the 80s and 90s. Like where it did none of these enemies needed to be realistic, their costumes didn't need to make sense. No. It was perfectly fine that the big fat guy could bounce around and breathe fire. It's just fine. That's <laughs> just what he does. He's just the big fat guy. That's what the big yeah. fat enemy does. Yeah. If you get fat, you'd understand. Yeah, if I if I was so fat that I was literally a sphere with a little cap on, I'd breathe fire. I, I don't know how I could not breathe fire. Yeah, I think it says a lot about this game that it's sort of gained so much popularity because there's been other quote-unquote sequels that have come out and not sort of had this uh, sort of impact. Uh, I've just seen a lot of people talking about it, a lot of people excited about it. It, it wasn't like crazily critically received like people weren't given it nines and tens but like people liked the game 
And you see other games like the whatever the new con- Contra game was. Like the, the, <laughs> oh God! Yeah. The, the Booger Core and like all these like things that are trying to mine your nostalgia like really lazily. Like they just haven't done well. But it probably says a lot about this game that it was received well by fans. So I I think part of that is just that it's not. It feels like something that was made with love. Again, like Sonic Mania. Yeah. I, I, there was a video. I can't remember who did it about Sonic Mania and the, how the team was composed of people who had previously worked on Sonic fan games. Hmm. So you've got this team of people that are already very much invested and in love with the idea of classic Sonic. And this has that same feel of very clearly That's being made genius. by... Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> I think what... like this. I, I wish I could remember the video, and if I can remember it, I'll, I'll have Danielle put it in the show notes so I, I can link to it, because it was an amazing thing to to listen to. Um, and just see that kind of passion and know that that's a way that we could be doing game reboots and remakes. It's by getting people who are in love with that game and obsessed with bringing that game back involved. Whereas with Contra, it just feels like we need to get this IP out there and just mine it for more money. This definitely felt like, like it was done by people who really cared and understood what made the previous games fun. And like the music is... Um, is so in keeping and in in theme with prior soundtracks, and you can toggle between like modern orchestration or it sounding like it's being played on the Genesis sound card. You can some of the unlockable fighters are actually in their original pixel display, so they are hmm. just like pixel graphics, and I've not played extensively with any of, of them, but from the videos I've seen and talking to other people who have it just they just slot in perfectly like yeah they look different but the play is the same and it doesn't feel weird or restrictive or incongruous like it which i think speaks a lot to how well they've designed everything all that is very good to hear yeah you can just take one of the old fighters and drop them into the new game and it feels fine is yeah like they, they kind of did that too with some of the skins and things yeah well yeah and, and that's, that's sort of, like derail. some of the some of the um the unlockables are pixel graphic yeah yeah that's, that's, that's all i got on it like it's there's not a there's not a ton to say about it as like this is a new foray in games other than just i hope more companies look at games like this and say yes that's what we should be doing with our old ips not turning them into weird shit or mobile games <laughs> or you know uh, slot machines pachinko machines just give it to people who care about the ip and you can make Pachinko. Good quality games that sell. Is it Metal Gear that made the Pachinko machine? Uh, no, um, Silent Hill. Silent oh, Hill okay. is now a Pachinko machine. Nice, nice plays. Yeah. Konami. No, no one wants a new Silent Hill game. Clearly. No, no, no Metal Gear. They they did that Metal Gear Survive game. Oh, with the unicorn worse. zombies or whatever the fuck they were. <laughs> the horny zombies. Yeah. 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 Well, great. Um. Is there anyone you would steer away from this? Because you seem to have pretty glowing uh, their perspective on it. I would say, because I'll be honest, I'm terrible at beat-em-ups. I'm really bad at them. I Mm. just, I don't do good with things where I have to learn combos. (laughs) I'm bad at them, and I've never been able to learn them. But I still have a lot of fun. But if you're the kind of person that doesn't, (laughs) if you don't like like beat-em-ups, this probably isn't a good game for you. Yeah, you you die a lot in beat 'em ups. Like that's something you just gotta accept. It's like you're gonna lose four thousand lives getting through one playthrough. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it it does well with that. You can just begin again at, at the beginning of the stage. Like I didn't feel like I was you know I wasn't ever gonna run out of quarters or continues or anything. <laughs> that that like thankfully that. was something they left. I mean, there's an arcade mode which does that, but you can just play through the story and just ah uh, you know I I failed the mission that ends in yeah. the. There's a mission that ends where you're in a parking lot with a bunch of... I think it's at a biker bar. I see, You know what? It probably is a biker bar because you go through a bar and then there's a parking lot that's filled with motorcycles. So I'm pe- I'm putting <laughs> together now... Sick inference. <laughs> they're, they're clever little hints that it was actually a biker <laughs> bar the whole time. But yeah, I, I just... I could not get that boss to save my life. I spent like two hours trying to beat that boss because I'm hot trash. Uh, Real good game, no, though. Get, Still having a lot of fun get, with it. Get good. Do you want to tell us about oh. Minecraft Dungeons? 
Minecraft Dungeons. Alright, so to set the stage, I have played through one and a half times. You start off in, like, basically normal difficulty, beat the final boss, then you can play that second highest difficulty, third highest difficulty, and then they have, like, modifiers after that. Um, so, Minecraft. Pretty, pretty much a household name at this point. Don't need to tell you what Minecraft is. Minecraft Dungeons. Actually, you know what? Has no... Can I cut in? Can I ask you to summarize in two sentences what Minecraft is? In Minecraft, you collect blocks of things of varying minerals. With those minerals, you craft things to make a life for yourself and those around you. Cool. Okay. Yeah, they're blocks. There's a lot of blocks. It's very square. It's the best I can do in two sentences. Okay. No, that's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that and come back to that later. In Minecraft Dungeons, you neither mine nor craft. The story is that there's a lonely guy, and he becomes a mean guy because he's so lonely. <laughs> and you are a random silent hero. The gameplay is an isometric, isometric RPG, uh, very much in the vein of Diablo. Uh, hack and slash combat. Very, very minimal RPG mechanics, though. So, like, the replayability may be questionable. Um, you have abilities in the form of items. Your entire customization is through items. You do level up, but I, I'm still not sure what leveling up does. I don't think it gives you any stat bonuses or anything. It just gives you more uh, options for enchanting on your items. So you have a melee weapon, a ranged weapon, a piece of armor, and then three relics, which are basically your special abilities. You can only customize the the first three that i mentioned the weapons so i one of the thing the first thing that hit me with this game is that i was really 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 craving a good like looter rpg of some sort um and i never thought i'd say this but fortunately i'm playing borderlands 3 at the same time right now because <laughs> minecraft dungeons does not satisfy that itch whatsoever the game feels slow all the time my entire spec i.e all of the items i have they're all built around giving me speed because these weird procedurally generated worlds are sprawling and vast and beautiful but it takes so long to navigate them that it's just it completely wears on the gameplay can i tell you something about on that note so this is one of those rare instances where you and I have both played a game. Indeed. I have played Minecraft Dungeons. In the first time I played it, I was playing it online with a friend. I fell asleep. <laughs> I literally fell asleep while playing it. And it was not like two in the morning or anything, but it was just so slow that I literally fell asleep. Yes. Super slow, super relaxing as well. So maybe that's part of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe mostly slow. For. <laughs> yeah, it's it's lullaby the game. Uh, <laughs> that's that's an absolutely fair analogy. I I've definitely played that game like right before bed, whereas I'm usually the person that has to like watch TV for like two hours before I'm ready for bed. But Minecraft, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's time for bed now. It's, uh, so, one of the things that you'll notice immediately, uh, especially, I'm going to keep comparing it to Diablo, because that's the game that I wanted to play while playing this. It's not the game that I wanted to play before this, but while playing this the entire time, I was just like, I could just be playing fucking Diablo. Uh, I'm a big <laughs> Diablo fan, so there's, I should, you know, asterisk that as a caveat. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't scratch any of those same itches, so... I to cut ahead a little bit if, if you're looking for a diablo clone look further much much further but yeah there's no classes so basically you're creating the same character everyone else is so if you join up with four of your friends you're all you can all play the exact same class it won't make any difference there's very few items that make that big of a difference in group play I will say the controls on console are a fucking nightmare as well. I'll, I'll find some good things to say about this game. The controls feel terrible. They feel absolutely gross. I don't know why. Using items feels weird. Moving around feels weird. Rolling feels weird. 
I didn't have this problem in Diablo, and I looked at the controls for Diablo, and they're kind of the same. And I don't know what happened between those games, because I went from thinking Diablo was the the best implementation of the genre ever, and it could not be improved upon, to, like, wait, how did they fuck this up so bad? I, I literally have all of the mappings the exact same, and it still feels just wrong. And maybe it's just the type of game that it is. I, I guess I should note, too, that I almost never change controls within games. Like, I, I always try and learn what they, through QA, have figured out to be the best control scheme. And I don't think they found it with this game. I do not. Can, but I, can I ask was... you a question about this game? Yeah, sure. Who is this game for? Kids. Is it, though? Kids, families. I, I was thinking about this. If you think about a game like Minecraft, Minecraft is a complex game. Even, you know, even if you take out redstone usage, just the systems that exist in Minecraft of collecting and crafting items to stay Mm. alive, or the systems of building things, moving around in 3D space to build things in creative mode. It's a complex game. None of that exists in Minecraft Dungeons. None of that... I I feel like the, the abilities you need to have to play Minecraft Dungeons is actually less than in Minecraft itself. I don't, see, I think that's one of the nice things about Minecraft is that it's sort of a blank canvas. Like, if you want to go in and just mine dirt and make fucking sandcastles, like, there's zero barrier to entry for that game. Like, you can go in and do that and probably have the time of your life. Like, if you were a five-year-old, maybe that's just where you cap out. But you may think that that game is still the best game ever. If you're 25 and you're making these complex, like, redstone electronics systems, like, you may think it's the best game ever for the complete opposite reason. I don't don't think Minecraft Dungeons has that sort of pliability at all. I think it's, it's, if anything, kind of hard, too, later on. So it's definitely not that welcoming. But, like, Minecraft, you know, blew up in 2009. Yeah. So people who got into that game, who are interested in ga- that game, are are easily teenagers now, if not older. Yeah. E- even if you were born on the day Minecraft was released, you're 11. <laughs> like, I, I, Weird. Everything about, that, about Minecraft Dungeon felt like play school presents your first dungeon crawler like it was so slow and so generous with keeping you alive and so light on any real difficulty any any real challenge yeah it it definitely is like that early on there there is some weird spikes and challenge later on though i will say which, again, begs the question, like, who is this for? Because you can't, like, easily scale the difficulty. Like, either you're playing on the the easiest difficulty, which is completely unrewarding, or you're playing on the higher difficulties, which can actually get hard. But to answer your question, I honestly have no idea who this is for. It, it's for multiplayer. That is the only time it's made sense to me, me playing with two other friends. So if you're looking for a dumb game to play with your friends this is probably a decent one i don't think i had much fun if any fun playing solo admittedly but i I might be just just reaching (laughs) no before we started this podcast early early in the week i assigned you a little bit of homework Mm -hmm. do you remember what that was yeah to play uh riverbond did you play riverbond i i played the tutorial of riverbond yes did you have any thoughts while playing the tutorial of Riverbond? <laughs> uh, if Riverbond had a proper equipment uh, screen and setup, it would be basically the same game. And Riverbond came out last year. Yeah. I think it, and it was not, not by the same developers, as, mm, as you noted. Yep. I, I immediately, once I started playing Minecraft Dungeons, thought, <laughs> thought, oh, did they just get the guys who did Riverbond to make a, make a Minecraft skin? Because River, Riverbond was already voxel, that same 
perspective, not being able to move the camera. Yeah. I, I will say that just subtracting the the looting element from that formula, which seems to be all Riverbond is missing between yep. the two of them, it made it completely unbearable, the experience. I had no interest in it whatsoever. So maybe that says a lot about the Minecraft Dungeons experience as well, is that if, if there was no loot in that game, I would have absolutely no reason to have beaten that. Oh yeah, Riverbond is not a great game by any no. means. But it just, uh, playing through Minecraft Dungeons, it felt like I was just playing Riverbond again. Or like Riverbond yeah. 2. Like yeah, it, no, straight up. Like the Playmobil version of Minecraft. But it came out before, so... Yo, oh yeah, if I didn't know the release dates, I would have thought Riverbond was a cheap ripoff of Minecraft Dungeons. Yeah. Because of th their great similarities. <laughs> Do you think... And I don't. This is something that I don't think we'd ever know if if we did. But do you think that this is a situation where they already had a game somewhat in development, and then someone had the idea to make it a Minecraft game? Because nothing about this game is a Minecraft game, other than visually. Right. Uh, I. It's hard to say. I mean that that sort of implies that it shifted entire dev studios. Um, from some other company straight to, like, Mojang and the... Shit, I forget the name of the company that co-developed co it. But it's definitely possible, but also my, uh, Microsoft sort of has this, like, you know, brands initiative, like, with Gears Tactics, which worked out wonderfully. Like, that was a game that was made for the tactics genre, in my opinion. Like, it, it crossed over beautifully. But but at least at least the Gears series is about getting behind cover and shooting things <laughs> exactly exactly so i think this is like this is the example of them in that same initiative being like what else can we do with our brands and somebody was like well we have so many creatures in these like like unique biomes that we can create all these different worlds like why not like a hack and slash looter like let's try that out and somebody was like yeah there's not many there's not much competition in that that space like there really isn't like if minecraft dungeons turned out to be an amazing game like that could have been its own fucking series for a millennia yeah oh yeah um, yeah because like i think that's why again just because gears is in the same microsoft family like that works so well because like x that xcom style tactical game that's not a common game they saw that their brand could fit in that space and they made it fit well i think i think this was probably always conceptualized as a minecraft game and i think it just wasn't realized correctly i think it's just a game that they thought sounded good but then they realized it has no heart and soul in minecraft it just has the aesthetic of minecraft and but honestly because of that they they missed so many interesting opportunities to make this a truly unique game and not just like the most diet flat you know left in the sun cola beverage version of diablo that you've ever seen that was that was my real issue with it or my, my experience with it was like it it was such a c minus or c plus game like there's nothing yeah there's nothing wrong with it it, it didn't it, it didn't never crashed on me the controls on pc were fine setting up mm -hmm. multiplayer was easy the gameplay was technically competent yeah, I mean that's that's all you can really say about the game. It's like it's fine. Like I, I expected so much of this game. That's why I'm gonna just harp on it. But it like, it it handles well. Like, it feels good sometimes, but it's it doesn't dazzle at like any point in time. Would you recommend it to anyone? Well, well, so you, you well, well, well. <laughs> I don't know it. For someone who's always looked at Diablo and thought, that seems like a lot of game. Or Path of Exile and thought, that seems like a lot of game. It, like That can be true in both cases. Um, it it can, can be fun. It can feel fun. If you really like killing a bunch of creatures at the same time, like you do feel like a god in this game, especially at the lower levels. Like You can you could really tread some ass. Um, <laughs> but I don't... I don't know who 
I would recommend this too. Don't play it alone. It's not fun alone. It's quite boring. Um, if you can get some friends, you're looking for a casual game with calm music, fairly relaxing. There's a couple of stressful boss fights, but it's just mostly poor design, honestly. Um, you, you might be able to have a decent experience. Like I'll probably still pop online and play it with a couple of friends of mine just because it's, it's fine. Like I enjoy maybe the social aspect more at this point than I do the game. There's next to no point to the looting. It's just like, I hope that item that I I've already seen 10 levels ago drops for me at my current level. Cause it got out of date and I can't use it anymore. And even though I was enjoying that and the combo that I had with that and my relics and abilities, I can't do that anymore because it's not feasible. And there's not that many weapons and armors in the game where you're like getting a completely new experience every 10 levels. It's just that you're suddenly getting fucking one-shotted by creatures. And then you're like, well, I have to upgrade, even though like this, the synergies between these items make absolutely no fucking sense. Hmm. So, yeah. But again, it's not it's not completely incompetent. It's not like they dumped off a half baked game. It's fully baked, it's just not fully realized. It's there's so much that they could have done. Like if they added crafting or some sort of like not obviously not mining, but you know, like like something. Something. These are <laughs> that's what they're paid for. Figure figure out something to make this truly a minecraft game because minecraft is not necessarily like the most unique game anymore there's a lot of copycats out there but you can take what you already know about what's fun about that franchise and bridge it into other genres do that do that try again with minecraft dungeons 2 and we'll see where we're at but minecraft dungeons 1 you know don't don't download it right this second not really a big deal all right that works for me yeah yeah you want to rank these puppies? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have to rank last week's because uh, if, if any of you have listened for more than a few episodes, we tend to forget to rank games every once in a while. Yeah. We're, we're bad boys. We can't be can't be tied down by the man or I, whatever. I don't know that anyone's going to be surprised by my saying that Animal Crossing is going at the bottom of my list right now, number six. <laughs> oh, 2020 is a good year. <laughs> number six yeah oh what the fuck do I, oh uh you remember deliver you, us the moon yeah you remember what you played uh i'm gonna put deliver us the moon at number two nice us the moon. it was um yeah it's a good game not a lot to talk about apparently <laughs> after re-listening that episode <laughs> just to be like explaining the story but not giving spoilers but it's a nice simple story-based indie game Check it out. I'm going to be putting this week's game, Streets of Rage 4, at number three, just below uh, below uh, Murder by Numbers and right above Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal, that's what it was called. <laughs> I'm going to put Minecraft Dungeons at number four on my list out of six. So that means it's below Ori and above totally reliable delivery service. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how is it not at the bottom of your list? But I remember what else is on your list. <laughs> I have played some truly insufferable games this year. Yeah, so far, I think I've been playing, I've had the better uh, luck with games this year. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous looking at your list, honestly. Yeah. My, if, if Animal Crossing is the worst game you've played, then that's, that's pretty okay uh, yeah, quarantine it, you're having here. It's, a, it's okay by me. Quarantine? <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you mean quarantine? What's going on? Something happened? Pandemic? <laughs> Or are you just not subscribing to that whole thing? <laughs> there was an, and I apologize if I've referenced this already, but I reference it all the time. There is a, uh, a cartoon in the New Yorker in like the 1940s, as I'm sure you're all aware. And it was these <laughs> mm-hmm. two Wall Street fat cats, you know, that standard like suspenders, cigars, sitting in front of a, a fireplace in ornate wingback chairs. And that one of them is saying to the other, I didn't tell my wife about the depression. She just would have worried. <laughs> and I, I, I feel jealous of that wife. <laughs> there are all these corpses on Wall Street. <laughs> black, black two, what now? Don't you don't want to distress them? Just don't tell them. They'll, they're better off not knowing. <laughs> oh, topics. 
do, do you want to <laughs> you want to sign us out? You want to take us home? Yeah, Game Off Podcast. Check us out on things. Uh, we have Twitter, mm-hmm. we have Facebook, we have not Instagram. They banned us. I don't know why. <laughs> Did they? Um, were, we, were we too saucy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Too too saucy. Too too many uh, butt crack picks. Yeah, at Game Off Podcast on pretty much every platform that includes uh, you know podcast listening platforms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All your follows are very appreciated. Subscribes, etc., etc. Uh, I've been Arcadia, A R K E Y D I A. Follow me on stuff too. Oh yeah, I've been uh, your turn. I've been Solid Talker, um, or, or Andy, whichever one. S O L I T A L K E R. I think just just search Andy so, on Google. So, find I'm I'm the only Andy around. That's A N D Y. You can, che- you can check me out um, where I sometimes make videos about Solid Talker. About Solid Talker? <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is the- <laughs> about yourself? Classic yeah. Andy. Sometimes I... It's just, the only. It's just a recursive video thing I do where each video is a review of the last video I did. <laughs> it's it's pretty meta. You're going to like it. Um, you check me out on a, a new podcast where me and my boss do uh, a watch along of every episode of Greg the Bunny, and we talk about that. It- <laughs> I wish that was a real thing now. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Tease. I know. I'm sorry. It's it, it's too good of an idea. I'm copyright. That's copyrighted, patent pending on that yeah. podcast idea there. <laughs> patent submitted too late. Oh shit. Um, yeah, check me out wherever I do things. Sometimes, pretty rarely though. Don't expect much. Cool, cool, sick, fresh. <laughs> All right, that's that's been episode 32. Everyone, see ya. <laughs>